What's up everybody? This is Christopher Lane here with the Chris Lane Show. This is the 16th episode that we're rolling through here. We're going to talk about the Omaha preview of the College World Series for baseball. And then we're going to get into my favorite postseason slash tournaments to watch. I'll rank them from 10 to 1. Um, before we get into all of that, I really wanted to talk about the NBA Finals here. Um, it was kind of a bummer how it didn't really go to Game 7 like I thought it would. Um, but, it, I mean, look, the Nuggets kind of have a dynasty here moving forward with Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray. Um, I'm really looking forward to see you know, a new team being that team to beat in the NBA. Usually you see the same two to three teams that are always in the finals every year. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how the NBA pans out in the future with this draft coming up. There's a star at the first overall pick. Who's going to trade who to where to try and get that guy. Um, it's going to be fun to see um, with the NBA how you know the next five, ten years go as a lot of the stars are that you know today are kind of on the back nine of their career and you know seeing the rising stars that come through such as Brandon Ingram and um, looking forward to seeing what the Pelicans can do with him and Zion. And um, it's going to be a fun uh, NBA season next year. I'm looking forward to it. Um, now let's go into the NCAA College Baseball World Series. We have eight teams left, um, starting off with Wake Forest, Florida, TCU, Oral Roberts, UVA, LSU, Tennessee, and Stanford. This past weekend watching the Super Regionals was awesome. You saw the Stanford-Texas Super Regional where Texas blew it on a pop fly. Uh, it was supposed to be a routine fly out in the bottom of the ninth, and I guess the outfielders just lost in the sky. Uh, it was you, you, I don't know how that could really happen. Um, I guess the lighting with the fact that it wasn't completely dark yet might have messed up with their eyesight. Um, I really need to look into you know, what it looks like from their point of view, just seeing how they lost that ball. Um, it was just, you know, classic, classic Texas, just, you know, blowing a lead like that and, you know, losing on a whim on a crazy play. Um, Texas is not back when it comes to baseball, but they'll definitely be back in football next year. I have them going pretty deep uh, when it comes to football with the roster that they have and the coaching that they have in place moving forward. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at game one on Friday, the first two games. You have TCU against Oral Roberts. TCU balled out this past weekend. Their hitting was carried over from their time against Arkansas in the regional. TCU has the bats very hot. They really need to get their pitching straightened in order to make it deep into the run. But I have TCU beating Oral Roberts here in game one. And then for the second game on Friday, you have Florida versus UVA. This is going to be my favorite matchup going into this weekend. Florida has some great hitting. I think Florida is my team to win it all this year. But look, UVA against Duke this past weekend, they showed us that they can hang around with anybody. Um, they had you know their Friday and Saturday pitcher absolutely go nuts. I know they kind of had a heartbreaker on Friday with they had a fly out to deep left center. I thought it was a home run when I was watching it, and 
the Duke left fielder caught it right at the wall. So for me, out of these two, I think Florida takes the first game. The cool thing about the College World Series is that you have to lose twice, although you don't have to play. You're not playing the same team back-to-back. So, for example, the loser of the TCU Oral Roberts game and then the Florida UVA game, the loser of those two games play against each other for an elimination game. I like that format a lot more because it really tests your pitching uh, within the bullpen. How deep can you get into the bullpen? You know, the way I always see it is when you have the three-game weekends, the whole bullpen understands who's at bat, their tendencies. You know, do they pull early? What pitches they like, don't like? But for the College World Series, the bullpen needs to be like, oh my God, we're going to, you know, if we win, we, we don't know who we play next. So we it's kind of, you're kind of last minute on getting to know the other team. So it's really interesting to see how, if, if the bullpen needs to go deep, if the starting pitcher's not doing well, are they able to be fluid during the game, trying to read the batters, trying to see what's up, you know, with their hitting tendencies. So that's the cool thing about the College World Series I like. But for the Friday games, give me TCU to win and give me Florida to win there. Uh, That's going to be a very exciting weekend. I love all these matchups personally, but if I had to pick a favorite one, it's definitely that UVA versus Florida um, game on Friday. And then for the Saturday games, um, you have the third game, which is Wake Forest against Stanford. Although Stanford had some great bats this past weekend against Texas, you have the All-American third baseman. You have the freshman Pac-12 player of the year on, on their team at center field. I think Wake Forest is too much for Stanford to handle this weekend. I won't say it'll be a blowout. I don't think any of these games are going to be a blowout. But I think Wake Forest, coming off that hot Super Regional round against Alabama, I think Wake Forest takes the cake here and wins. And then for the fourth game, you have LSU versus Tennessee. I think Tennessee kind of barely squeaking it out against Southern Miss. I think LSU with skins on the mound. I just don't see how Tennessee even gets more than five hits this game. Give me LSU to win that one. Um, I think LSU is going to have that continued success from the weekend before. Um, They they kicked Kentucky's butt big time um, with their Friday and Saturday pitching. I think you will then have... TCU, Florida, Wake Forest, and LSU kind of going into that extra round waiting for Stanford, Tennessee, UVA, and Oral Roberts to kind of duke it out for that elimination round. Um, And that's going to be exciting to see those elimination games because you'll have, as a result, you'll probably have UVA against Oral Roberts in that elimination game. I see Oral Roberts with an early exit on that one. And then that Stanford and Tennessee game, If both those teams lose and they have to play in that elimination game, everyone should be watching that Stanford-Tennessee game. That will be an instant classic. Those are two of the, you know, in my opinion, those are two teams that are basically the same. They play the same. They have the same type of pitching, batting. That would be my game to watch in this tournament is, is that elimination game. I think that's a game that could go well into extra innings. And then I'm not going to come out with a prediction on who would keep winning out of the winner's bracket just because I'll probably save that for the next episode because 
the games go well into the next week, and then you have the championship game the following weekend. So that's going to be really cool to see. I If I had to pick a matchup for a championship game, I really would love to see the Florida versus LSU matchup. Get an SEC matchup into, into the national championship game. That would be really cool to see. I just don't see how Wake Forest, with the bullpen as the weeks progress, if they can keep up with these SEC bats. I don't think they've really experienced that throughout the season. So I don't really see Wake Forest being the one that wins it all this year based on that. So, yeah, I, I, I give me Florida to win it all. But the way it gets there, I guess, you know, obviously BTCU in the second round. and um, I, 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 could, I would love to see a Florida-LSU matchup. That would be so cool to watch. Um, really pumped for the end, end of the baseball season, although it's sad. You know, you hate to see the end of the College World Series. But, man, that's the beauty of it. You always got next season. And hopefully the Rebels can bounce back from a really sad season with uh, being the worst in the SEC. For my next portion of this episode, um, shout out to Kirk Groom for giving me this idea. He wanted me to rank my favorite postseason slash tournaments to look, you know, to kind of analyze, rank them 10 to 1. Um, I had a couple of tiebreakers here and some honorable mentions because there's so many good postseasons slash tournaments that I was really torn between a lot of them. But I will say I definitely have like a surefire number one and one that is definitely 10 and probably doesn't even deserve to be on the ranking just because of how much I hate it. So I'm going to start off with uh, my honorable mention of the of my favorite postseason. Um, give me the UEFA Champions League as an honorable mention. They're not in my top 10, but... Watching the top soccer clubs throughout the world play against each other, regardless of what country they're in, I think that's really cool to watch. You see the best players in the world play on their club teams, really duke it out. It's so fun to watch, although sometimes you have to wake up super early to watch it just because of the time difference. I know that sucks, but whenever you get the chance to wake up at you know 6 in the morning and watch it, they are Such a blast. Just drink a cup of coffee, go watch it. UEFA Champions League is definitely one that I love to watch. And then my 10th, you know, ranked at number 10. And you got y'all need to understand, my number 10 is something that like I only like just because it's the sport, but I hate the layout. And number 10 is the college football playoffs slash bowl season. They did it starting in 2014 when they came up with this format. I knew that it was going to be a disaster just because it's only going to create four to six teams that will always make it because of the resources that they have at the time and all the you know good coaching that stays in place at that particular time. I knew it was always going to be Alabama, Ohio State, sometimes Michigan, sometimes LSU, it's always been the same four teams ever since. It's never really deviated off of that. I mean, you've sometimes had Oregon. You've sometimes had Notre Dame. You've sometimes had Auburn, I think. Auburn made it one year. Um, 
but it's no, it's they need to change it, and and it's only made bowl season less valuable. Um, you look at the bowl games now, and everyone's opting out. They're like, it's now just an exhibition game. As before, every bowl game counted, and everyone cared about it. So for me, give me ten at the college football playoffs until they change it to a different format. Add more teams to go to the playoff. Lessen the amount of bowl games. Or, like I've heard some people talk about, sometimes they would want, you know, like the the group five teams to have their own tournament because they'll probably never make it to the college football playoff. They need to have something in place where it's not... It, there's there's 136 college football teams in the Division One landscape, and only four teams go to a playoff. I mean that's just a crappy idea. I don't know whoever came up with it should never come up with any idea ever again. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I'm gonna stop with my rant there and go to number nine. So my number nine uh, favorite postseason. It's a tie between the NBA and the MLB playoffs. The NBA and MLB playoffs are super fun to watch. The only reason why I have them at number nine is because the buildup to get to that point with the NBA being 82 games and the MLB being 162 games, the buildup is so boring that it just makes the playoffs, you know, it makes it very exciting. But I would definitely have it in my top five if they were able to find a way to make the regular season more enticing for me to watch. Because when it's, you know, game 40 for the MLB or game 30 for the NBA, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. It's basically just a pickup match. Uh, You know, for basketball, a pickup basketball game. Or the MLB, it's basically just you're hitting batting practice. So once they find a way to make more games valuable and make them count towards the postseason, that'll only amplify my liking for the playoffs for both the MLB and the NBA. So that's for me at number nine. And for number eight, this, you know, the Stanley cup playoffs watching the Stanley cup the other night with Las Vegas and Florida Panthers, watching all the hitting, watching how intense the Stanley cup final was this year made me jump the Stanley cup over the NBA and MLB just because you know, the games aren't that long. The hitting is awesome. The the intensity, all I love how with the NHL, it's like you have some guys who are like in their mid-20s. And then you have guys who are in their like late 30s, early 40s still playing. So you have all these guys just, you know, all different ages from all over the world. And they're just hitting the crap out of each other. Um, it and, and I love how I thought it was so ironic how the you know National Hockey League's finals were two teams in cities where you don't find ice within a hundred square miles around it. So that was hilarious for me to watch. I love the Stanley Cup now, so I'm putting them at eight over the NBA and MLB. My number seven, give me the FIFA World Cup. FIFA World Cup is awesome every four years. They need to keep it that way. Don't change it. You see all these soccer players play for the love of their country. 
Um, it gets so intense once it gets into after that group stage when they go into the knockout stage. So cool to watch because you only it's you know a lot of these um, soccer players they only play maybe two maybe two maybe three World Cups in their whole career because granted that's you know over a twelve year span. So I think just watching new faces, you really see like the come out party. For a lot of these young stars, I remember uh, when Colombia was in the World Cup, and you had um, you had one of the young guys. Uh, oh, last name's Roger, I guess. I forget his first name. Y'all let me know who it is. But it was basically his come out party for Colombia. He had goal after goal each game, and then he gets signed by Real Madrid later on. I mean, that was basically you know, it was like hello world, this is me. We're playing the World Cup. I'm scoring goals. Pretty awesome to watch. So FIFA World Cup's pretty awesome. Um, I can't wait for the next one. That's going to be in the North Americas in 2026. So that's going to be really cool to watch. And then number six, uh, give me Wimbledon. I'm not super duper knowledge. You know, I don't have a lot of knowledge on tennis. But I remember young, when I was younger watching the Wimbledon matches with Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer. Novak Djokovic, how intense it was playing on a grass court. So much harder because the ball doesn't bounce like it does on a hard court or a clay court. Got to really, you know, it really tests your game. Can't really slide like you can on clay. Um, It's super awesome to watch. The Wimbledon matches, um, sometimes you got to get up early for them, just like uh, UEFA Champions League or the World Cup. But, man, Wimbledon's awesome to watch. So I, give me Wimbledon at number six. Just because, I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all when it comes to tennis. And every year I'm so excited to watch it. And, you know, I, you like kind of like with FIFA World Cup, you sometimes learn about a new star with Wimbledon. You know, kind of that come out party with a new tennis star or a rising star. Um, so give me Wimbledon at six. And then number five, this is a little bit biased. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But the college baseball from regionals all the way to the College World Series, the whole weekend is so cool because you see a lot of these baseball players' personalities come out because they don't get a lot of attention during the regular season. You know, not a lot of the games are on cable. You kind of have to really dig deep just to watch a game on the weekends. And then it's really cool to, like, see the players get interviewed. It Sometimes they're just, like, these, like, baseball douches. Like, they're just, you know, saying something weird. Or, you know, you always see someone in the bullpen with, like, like you know, they have, like, a cups for eyeglasses. You know, stuff like that. It, it It's always entertaining to watch people's personalities really come out that you've never really heard of the person. So, as a result, I really think it's unique in a way that you have a lot of different teams competing, like kind of like college basketball with, you know, you have 64 teams to start. One person makes it out of that regional, then they match up with someone in the Supers, and then eight teams go to Omaha. So it, it really tests every single aspect of your game within the college baseball playoffs, the way it's formatted. And I'm so excited for you know, Omaha College World Series this upcoming weekend. It's going to be so cool to see all these young stars that, you know, you'll see some of them play 
you know, on Wednesday night ESPN uh, for MLB baseball, um, you know, you'll see them prime time five years down the line when they make it out the farm system. So give me college baseball at five. And then number four, March Madness. The NCAA college men's basketball tournament. It's, you know, starts over the 68 teams. Four teams have, you know, I think it's, yeah, four teams have a playing game or some sort. And and then the tournament starts um, at my office where I work at. I'll never forget the first round. We rolled out a screen, a big old, you know, screen that you put on wheels into our uh, office. And, you know, it's a day where like no one works. Um, it's a day where it's, it's basically like a holiday that first round you, you know, you get your bracket together, you get it going. Um, you know, you, you think you're going to have the perfect bracket. So I think that's really unique in the sense where every single person, whether if you know about basketball or not is involved, you don't really have that with college baseball or, you know, the world cup or even the college football playoffs. You don't really have every single person invested into it like you do with March Madness. And that's why I have them in my top five. It's just because it's it, everyone is all in on the tournament, especially in that first round. Once it gets into like Sweet 16, Elite 8, then you'll have people kind of trickle down, you know, kind of uh, steer clear from that and not be as interested. But that first round, it's literally a holiday for sports. So pretty pretty cool to see that. And then for number three, I have the Masters, best golf tournament in the world. This is the this is another holiday when it comes to sports. Another scenario where no one's doing work during the work week. They're all watching the Thursday uh, first round of the tournament, or even the practice rounds with a par three challenge. Um, the course is so beautiful. This the course really tests every golfer's game. Um, I, it's my favorite time to watch golf is during the Masters. Um, still looking for an invitation uh, from especially my friends from Atlanta to have me go to the Masters. Um, you know, balls in your court there. So uh, I really want the pimento cheese sandwich. So um, please bring me to the Masters next year. That'd be awesome. Um, so I have them at three. And then number two, the Olympics. This is probably I, I was gonna put them at one, but the reason why I have them at two is because a lot of the sports I'm not really interested in that are in the Olympics. But I will say this: when you have people that train their entire lives for one moment, there's nothing cooler than seeing those people's backstories, um, like Katie Ledecky with swimming, and and then Michael Phelps winning all those gold medals. It's it. There's nothing cooler than watching a sport that has a lot to do with your country that you're from, bringing in that patriotism when it comes to watching the U.S. swimming team win a gold medal or, you know, with all the, you know, with the running and um, uh, with Usain Bolt watching him break the world record for the 100-meter dash, there's nothing cooler than seeing their backstory and seeing how they rose to fame and and then you see a lot of these guys get crazy deals with like Nike or Adidas, um, and they're set for life just because of you know from all that hard work and training, building up to basically one event. Um, it's really cool to see the Olympics. That's why I have them at two. It's just because of the, it's because of the fact of, you know, you're you're 
doing this for the love of your country, kind of like with the FIFA World Cup. So give me at give me Olympics for number two. And then number one, I think this is pretty obvious, the NFL playoffs, um, starting from the wild card round all the way to the Super Bowl. Every game is so intense. The wild card round, you usually have a team that was kind of struggling to you know barely make it in, struggling throughout the season, you know, ending up like nine and eight or eight and nine. And then you I love to see like the Giants did way back when with Eli Manning, a team that went nine and seven, and they just started beating everyone at their home turf, making it to the Super Bowl. You see so many success stories through the NFL playoffs. And the NFL playoffs is what defines every player and what their legacy and how they're remembered. So the NFL playoffs is a surefire number one for me just because the NFL has a perfect amount of games, unlike the NBA and the MLB when it comes to the regular season. A perfect amount of games that takes you to the postseason and then it's just an all-out brawl in the, in the postseason to kind of get you to the Super Bowl. And then obviously with the Super Bowl, that is literally the coolest sporting event you could ever ask for, ever even be a part of, of all time. When it comes to the halftime show, when it comes to the build-up, the, the Super Bowl commercials, the amount of advertising that is going on during the game. Um, and then it's obviously the two best teams in the league fighting it out. Um, obviously, you've had Patrick Mahomes the past couple of years win a couple Super Bowls. He's really solidifying his legacy in the NFL and the record books and all that. So give me the NFL playoffs at number one just because of the glim and glamour that comes with it. and It really shows everyone's success stories. I mean, the NFL is the best sport in the world just because it's the most relatable to the everyday American. You know, it's like that team that's gotten counted out, you know, fighting their way up, working their butts off, you know, to pursue that Super Bowl win. It's very relatable to, like, the American dream. So, for me, give me the NFL playoffs at number one. Um, we're going we're gonna to be doing more episodes here coming up. Uh, we're going to get some guests on. Um, really looking forward to the continued success of this show. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, let me know in the comments if y'all want me to talk about any specific topics. Um, looking forward to you know seeing what that is and, and talking about it. Um, y'all have a good one. This is episode 16 of the Chris Lane Show. Take care. Listen, babe.